from the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha. This is your Impact Briefing for Friday, February 12th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by Suzanne Beagle, host of this week's Gender Smart Investing Summit, coming to us from London to share some of the highlights. Hello, Suzanne. Hi, Monique. It's so great to be here with you in Impact Alpha. And we'll hear from Bill Bynum, CEO of Hope Enterprise in Jackson, Mississippi, and this week's Agent of Impact. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. Impact fundraising took a hit last year, at least in the private financial markets, where new funds raised about $12 billion, down from more than $34 billion in 2019, according to Phoenix Capital in Amsterdam. The situation was reversed in public markets funds with sustainability or ESG themes. Those exchange-traded funds grew by more than $50 billion in assets last year, including $20 billion in the last three months of the year. The fundraising falloff didn't stop SJF Ventures in Durham, North Carolina, from closing its fifth fund at $175 million. SJF is targeting companies positioned to accelerate out of the COVID crisis. Small businesses are a big draw. First came Alicia Keys' post-Super Bowl concert, sponsored by Verizon, which put up $10 million in small business grants to be distributed through the Local Initiative Support Corporation. Then came the Goldman Sachs commitment of more than $130 million to Hope Enterprises' Deep South Economic Mobility Collaborative, which will work with cities like Birmingham, Little Rock, and Memphis, as well as historically Black colleges and universities. And the clean energy investing boom continued. Energy Impact Partners took a stake in battery maker Powin Energy to accelerate grid-scale energy storage. And Heisen, which makes commercial vehicles powered by hydrogen fuel cells, will go public via a merger with a SPAC, or Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Africa's Great Green Wall got a big commitment of capital. The effort to restore degraded land across 5,000 miles of the Sahel and Sahara is one of the world's biggest climate resilience efforts. The World Bank, European Commission, African Development Bank, and others committed $16 billion, just over half of the $30 billion needed to complete the project by 2030. You can read all of these stories and more at impactalpha.com. So Suzanne, welcome back to the show. You've just wrapped the two-week-long Gender Smart Investing Summit as a way of putting attention on the global need and opportunity for investing in women and girls. Could you share a couple of moments or ideas that stood out to you from the summit? Monique, there were so many big ideas that were shared at the summit, and we framed the whole summit around uh, crisis as catalyst and thinking about the COVID crisis, the racial justice crisis, the economic dislocation that's tied to all of these things, and of course, the climate crisis, which was our big theme for the summit. And we really were talking about where gender is material to all of that in investing. Mm. I think a big thing that was shared was just exploring what it means to activate at a systems level, that this is not about just investing in one more fund or one more entrepreneur or changing one more person on a board, but that this is a systemic set of problems that we're trying to address and that they require systemic solutions. That's amazing. What are some of the highlights? Well, one of the big things that came out really was just the risk reframe, that Mm -hmm. people talk about climate risk is investment risk at this point, but people don't necessarily get that not paying attention to gender is investment risk. And so that was a big theme of the conversations over the last two weeks to say, what is the risk of not paying attention to women in the labor force where gender balance is or isn't at decision making in funds or in investment management or in companies where we're missing out on the innovation 
mm-hmm. um, that we that we're just not tapping into and the market opportunity. And so thinking both about the um, defensive, where where do we need to be paying attention to this um, as a factor of risk, but also then thinking about where are the opportunities. And when you think about the things that have been exposed during COVID, the lack of a really functioning care economy, the needs that we have around um, resilient supply chains, the needs around digital technology, around e-learning and health tech, and all of the areas around um, uh, the future of work in this new context, um, that there are tremendous opportunities for those who get it right. Absolutely. And your report on investment opportunities at the intersection of climate and gender, which we're going to be digging into at Impact Alpha's next Agents of Impact call, which will be on February 23rd, noon Eastern, 5 p.m. London time and 8 p.m. Nairobi time. So what are the links that you discovered between women, girls, and climate action, both to fight climate change as well as to adapt? I think the first thing is that people tend to think of women and girls as the victims or the um, disproportionately affected by climate impacts, which is true. But in an investment context, we're looking at women as leaders, entrepreneurs, workers, innovators, scientists, playing in a really active role in creating the solutions that we need. And whether that is across energy or agriculture or transportation or um, circular economy, um, that women are at the seat of being closest to the solutions that we need. Um, That's one piece of it. The second piece of it is that women in investment management, so women as fund managers, asset managers who are making decisions are climate smart, they're climate aware, they're risk aware, um, and they are spotting, again, the solutions that we need. And that, that, that is the reframe that I think people need to really understand. We know that most people don't really understand how you bring climate and gender together. And so we spent a lot of time at the summit talking about how do you up your game on an existing climate portfolio by paying attention to where women are, again, in the workforce as innovators, as scientists, as the creators of solutions that we need, uh, but also in investment management, just making better decisions. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And, you know, the people most proximate are the, po- the folks we should be listening to when we think about the design phase of how we do this work. We need to be gender conscious. We need to be race informed and context specific. So, you know, this is fantastic work. Thank you so much for your leadership on that. And despite your leadership here, gender lens investing is still small, uh, about 17 billion in assets invested with specific gender focus. So what signals have come through the summit for unlocking more capital to these theses? Some of the promising signals that came out of the summit were when you have actors like the 2X Collaborative, which is the network of development finance institutions, making billions of dollars of commitments and then reporting back that they have actually executed. When you have organizations like the Investor Leadership Network, which is 15 of the world's largest investors representing $6 trillion of capital, and they're there. The fact that the banks were there, UBS, Morgan Stanley, Credit Suisse, Bank of America, and not just one or two people, but teams from across wealth management, asset management, investment research, new product structuring, that is a signal that people are waking up and realizing that there's something here. You also had foundations and family offices who they are the ones out front really leading, but ch- but calling upon each other to say, we are not doing enough. 
we are, we haven't seen this opportunity. We also haven't seen the risk of not paying attention here. Um, and that we have a need for blended finance. We have a need for more flavors of capital to come to the table. Um, and that uh, there's a real, we now have the models of not only what to invest in, but how to invest. And that was a big focus for the summit was that we've moved from the why and the why now to really talking about the how. Some of the most promising signals coming out of the summit were the fact that we had not only the foundations and family offices and, and the, the fund managers, but we had the banks, the investment banks, the development finance community, and the pension funds there saying, we've got to be able to do this. We understand that there's a market opportunity. We understand there's a risk for not paying attention. And we want to know how. And there were people at the summits who were so able to share the pathways to action that they've taken, the frameworks that they've got, the tools and the resources that are available to people now that people agreed, now it's about time to scale it up. And are there any other takeaways or calls to action that you'd like to share? Uh, I think there are three. One is that racial equity and gender equity are inextricably linked. People really agreed that we've got to be thinking about where, again, where's the risk in not paying attention to this and where's the opportunity? Um, that we have in front of us. Um, and some real specifics around commitments and pledges and tools um, to help people be able to do that. The second was the role of public-private partnerships, and especially in a COVID context where a lot of the money coming in is going to be coming from stimulus funding, that gender is material to the recovery uh, in every possible way. Um, and that um, the role of public policy actors is critical. And then finally, that we need, as Kathy Clark coined, multilingual leaders, people who can speak climate and gender, who can speak investment and business and development and social impact, people who understand what are the problems that we're really trying to solve for and how investment can be used as a tool and the role that each of us can play. Thank you so much for joining us, Suzanne. We're so pleased to hear your your summit was a success and I look forward to where it goes. Monique, thanks so much for having me. And again, join us on February 23rd. Check out Impact Alpha's Agent of Impact this week. Bill Bynum is CEO of Hope, a community development financial institution in Jackson, Mississippi. Hope was in the headlines this week for its partnership with Goldman Sachs. Impact Alpha's Amy Cortese caught up with Bill and talked about his hopes for the new administration in Washington. Well, I, I, I'm optimistic. I was impressed that in every conversation that I was part of, addressing COVID was a priority, getting the economy back on its feet was a priority, and closing the racial opportunity gaps was a priority. And consistently, if those issues were not addressed in proposals, we were told to go back and do some more work. We also were told that if the room was full, filled with people who look like you and have the same background, then you need to go back and bring more people into the room and make sure perspectives were present from all across the country, whether it's geographic, diversity, racial diversity, gender diversity. Um, you know, we are in a country that is 
um, going to be majority black and brown in the near future. And I think it acknowledges that we cannot realize our potential if we leave so many people on the outside of the economy looking in. And so I was really uh, glad to see that the administration is intentional about um, diversity and inclusion. As the country becomes increasingly diverse, we cannot afford to leave so many people behind. And um, so I'm hopeful uh, this time is different. I think the administration in Washington is serious about equity and inclusion. I think the business community is more focused on closing these gaps in the communities that they rely on, their workers and their revenue. And I think it's up to us to keep pushing as hard as we can to close these gaps once and for all. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. You can read all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Impact Alpha's podcasts are available wherever you listen, made possible by Impact Alpha subscribers. Join them and receive the daily brief and full access to impactalpha.com and more. Podcast listeners get $100 off their annual subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100 for $100 off. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our producer, Isaac Silk. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.